Hi everyone, welcome to The Human Show, proudly presented and supported by worldpodcast.com. Here we explore the relationships between people, technology and business. Join us on this journey where we interview anthropologists, other researchers and industry people from all over the world, from India to Kenya, US, Europe, to right back here in New Zealand. Hi friends, in today's episode we are talking to Angelina Kusi, engaged scholar, activist and speaker at the Why the World is Anthropologists Mobilizing the Planet happening between 10 and 12th of September 2021. We are happy to have Angelina with us today speaking to her background in current work. Angelina shares her views and dialectical relationship with both activism and scholarship and takes us through the multiple projects she is currently engaged with. As a speaker at the Why the World Needs Anthropologists Mobilizing the Planet, she shares how she will be contributing to the theme, as well as her advice and thoughts to those considering to attend. Listen to the episode to hear more about it. We hope you enjoy it. Hi friends, we are here today with Angelina Cusi, economic anthropologist and activist, and also one of the speakers at the Why the World Needs Anthropologists happening on September 10th. A few more days to go. Hi Angelina. Hi, good morning. How are you? <laughs> good. Here in, in sunny Amsterdam. Um, hope it's sunny also where you are in Spain. Oh yeah, it's super hot <laughs> in Barcelona, yes. Ah, one of my one of my favorite European cities. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really, really love it. But um, Angelina, I'm really excited to have you with us today speaking to um, your participation at the conference and um, this, this, how we are going to respond to this year's theme of mobilizing the planet. But before we go into that, um, tell me and our listeners a little bit about you, like what, what brought you to what you are doing today? Um, I'm an... I'm an uh, anthropologist and activist, and actually the way both parts of me <laughs> um, have been developed were strictly uh, connected from the beginning, let's say. Um, and I, right now, deal with different uh, topics. Uh, from one point of view, I study the crisis of care and the social organization of care and social uh, inequalities related to it and I'm involved in different projects related to that. From the other point of view, I'm interested in the intra-European migration from Eastern countries to the Western countries, uh, especially for the domestic work uh, because of that topic of uh, the care crisis. Uh, from the other point of view, um, oh, I'm I'm doing so many things. Uh, <laughs> I'm also involved. I also work for an um, association of applied uh, social research, and there we deal with. Uh, I mean, I'm personally responsible for issues related to gender equality in academia uh, and in the implementation of gender equality plans. Um, so I'm an anthro economic anthropologist interested in things like care, gender, mm -hmm. gender transnational migration. And from the, uh, from like another part of my um, background is the activity is activism uh, since uh, 
2017. I'm an activist of the global municipalist movement. Um, I'm like in particular with Barcelona and Como, which is a citizen platform governing in Barcelona. And also recently I started to uh, study my own movement from the perspective of, of care. So that's 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 my background, let's say. Mm-hmm. And and um what where do you come from, Angelina? And what, what made what made this your interest? Like why this topic and not anything else? Why this uh, topic? It um you mean which topic in particular you mean <laughs> like your uh, your area of focus on care um where does it come from what's what's the interest were you always interested in care and what what's the uh the origin point uh the field work as it normally uh happens in anthropology i started the field work for my phd thesis uh, among romanian migrants in um in spain in um in and Castellana La Plana. At the beginning, it was about transnational social protection practices, uh, mm-hmm. transnational social networks. So something, mm, let's say, more not so uh, at first sight, uh, at least not so politically engaged. And uh, then I saw this like the daily life and work conditions of uh, Romanian domestic workers, especially lived in domestic workers. Uh, So mm, it's uh, an experience that um, how to uh, impact you because Mm -hmm. this is the image of exploitation of of social inequalities and this is related to the crisis of social reproduction and the crisis of care mm. and how the states and capitalism deals deal with uh, that crisis. Uh, that's why I started to be interested in it because uh, from this particular uh, uh, experience of um, the people with whom I worked, I started to be interested in the structural con- conditions and the broader context of, of, of what's going on and and this is how I got interested in that. Yeah. And uh, you're uh, originally from Eastern Europe yourself, right? Yes, I'm I'm from Poland and I live in Spain uh, also because <laughs> of my uh, fieldwork experience, I would say, uh, because I, mm. I fieldwork in in a small village in, in Spain for my master thesis and then... Mm. then decided to to stay for my phd in spain i understand yeah well i i think you know um how are you going to cover these topics at the conference but maybe before we go into that how um why why speak at the conference like what 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 draw you to um to why the world needs anthropologists i was invited for the conference um Mm, I'm not sure why, but I suppose that because of this um, double profile that I have uh, as a scholar and activist, engaged scholar and um, activist in one of the most, of course it sounds uh, a little bit pretentious, but uh, I think that this is one of the most interested movements, global movements nowadays and very promising one. Uh, So I think... um, 
that was also because um, to have this kind of perspective. And when it comes to my um, motivation is, um, the motivation is of course uh, the one of a scholar uh, who is activist. So I want to share um, my experience and I want to invite people, anthropologists also to research that movement because I think that um, it could really um, like the, the, the anthropological uh, critique and anthropological perspective and especially the ethnographic method could bring mm -hmm. a lot um, to to this movement. Um, so I will treat it as a kind of invitation and my I will explain my thoughts about what and how the mm -hmm. anthropology could yeah. um, contribute to the development of the movement. Yeah. Um, why, why, why it is a topic for an anthropologist, because it's, of course, it's not that it's uh, any topic and I would like people to invite to research it, but uh, I think um, the way it was thought and the daily practice uh, and the fact that it's global, but it's uh, locally rooted, mm -hmm. uh, makes it especially interesting for anthropologists because of their decolonial perspective. And I will, I will um, elaborate, elaborate on, on these things in the conference. Yeah, maybe, maybe bringing it back again to your background, um, because you mentioned several times also this kind of intersection of economic anthropologists and activists. What, what came first for you, the anthropologist or the activist? And, and um, what do you see are the intersecting points between the two? Okay. Uh, it's what came first. It's super difficult to, to answer this question. Uh, I started to study anthropology. And I think, if I remember well, I was already involved uh, in, um, in politics a bit. Mm. And then um, I remember well when I, uh, when I read the article uh, of David Graeber mm. uh, on bullshit jobs, yeah. uh, translated into I don't know how many languages. Mm. And then I realized um, that anthropology is a great tool also to do to to influence politically uh, but maybe not in such a direct way not always in a direct way but uh, it has a huge potential and I also realized that economic anthropology is super important because I'm from Poland as uh, as you said and also, as you probably know, uh, in Poland, like in other Eastern countries, the neoliberal um, thing is the thought is very hegemonic, and there is no space for another ways of economic, uh, another ways of thinking about mm. um, economic activity activities. Uh, so, I decided to merge uh, th those two things, activism and anthropology, uh, through the economic anthropology. And uh, another thing is also that we are from this generation, um, the millennial, millennials, um, 
And for us, it was quite difficult to not be engaged because what's going on around us concerns so much <laughs> our mm. daily life, uh, our work and life conditions. Um, so I, I was thinking about it before we started to talk that actually I know very few people who don't do the engaged anthropology. I mean, from my generation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe... And this is also my case. I'm not mm -hmm. like super fluent in activist methods. Uh, I'm not so engaged in, I, I don't know, epistemological debates and so on. I just mm -hmm. remember from my uh, studies that this is uh, like, um, this is the way to do science uh, that is legitimate uh, in the same way that like, any other and I think it's fair and I do it and I don't like I don't have to even um I don't know like go yeah I, I understand what you're saying I, I find it interesting that for you activism came first and then um kind of anthropology was it was a natural tool for me it was actually the opposite I uh, also millennial grew up in Romania but I I grew up in a in a moment in my own society where being an activist was something that was 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 um, uh, trained out of you as a mindset. You know, within the communist yeah. regime, you you it, it's not something that you you have to you have to. I had to really fight hard to find my voice and my interests, and and work against a lot of internalized conditionings that you know activism means hooliganism almost. You know. Uh, against the state. Um, so for me, anthropology was kind of the path towards finding my own voice and uh, activating my activism. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that, that for you, it was the other way around. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was, if it was exactly like that. It was, mm. it was at the same time, yeah. uh, I think. Yeah, but, but definitely, um, my political thinking radicalized a lot with anthropological mm. point of view. I mean, I, I was interested in politics and I started to define myself as leftist. But after the years of training of anthropology, I, I would say that I'm like super degrowth, uh, radical um, in, in my political views. So it's like super... Mm, dialectical relationship, I would say. Yeah, that is so true. Now that you're talking, I'm 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 realizing that also for me, I went I went down this path uh, in my own politics of of, of uh, left and then uh, anti neoliberalism, and now I'm in, in in this weird way of coming back to a form of socialism and and a form of community that um and decentralized forms of localized governments and that that makes it in some weird ways very close to the way in Romania I experienced the good sides of of, of socialism and communism you know uh have you experienced the the bottom up um self organization and so on or or what what what, what? I, I i i'm not sure if i have understand yeah, I haven't. I, I've I haven't experienced it directly. Those were more the experience. Uh, so, but I've 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 experienced, you know, like like um, working in communities that that were small and self-sufficient and rural. Uh -huh. um, 
but I think my mother and my grandmother ha have much more intense experiences of the decentralized economics that were that were uh, the core of, of Romanian economics before neoliberalism came, you know. But of course, there's a lot of critique around around the um, um, around the way the state took away the power from from the people and created this collective, this communes, this 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 forms of yeah. um, of, of of basically centralization of everything um, and redistribution. But I've 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 experienced myself a few forms of were of still kind of like that. Um, Especially in small community like 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 villages, um, you you still see this kind of forms of enterprises that are collectively owned by uh, by the members of that community, like cooperatives. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They 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 produce yeah. things and they just distribute things together throughout the community in a more balanced way without um, without influence from the state. Yeah. Yeah, the cooperative movement is uh, super interesting. But uh, now I understand why I'm um why I, uh, I wasn't sure if I understood you because also because of my fieldwork experience for me it's so clear that the 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 difference between socialism and these new forms of mm -hmm. uh, let's say leftist politics uh actually for me I, they are also uh, a bit Mm, I mean, of course, there is that, that part of social protection of uh, taking care of the people uh, that they have in common, but um, the lack of uh, bottom-up action mm -hmm. and um, empowering people that uh, characterize the socialist regimes um, is something that, I don't know, made them um, two opposite uh, things. And I wanted to share with you also my my experience with my master thesis because uh, it's quite related with what we're talking about, and uh, it's even more visible how this politics and uh, research, uh, how politics and research can um, can be intertwined in the experience of one person, uh, because I. Like I was a leftist young scholar, a student actually in in Poland, and then I uh, I've read in the new in in press about an anti-capitalist village uh, in Spain called Marinaleda. Mm. Uh, it's it's super famous. Uh, a lot of uh, newspapers have written about it uh, from the Independent, the Guardian, the Washington mm. Post. It's like all around the world, there is a book about about Marina Leda and at least one article, um, and it was presented as um, realization in practice of the alter globalist slogan um, "The other world is possible." Uh, as an anti-capitalist communist village, uh, self-governed and where. Mm, they have no representative uh, democracy and uh, they, their economy is based on cooperatives. Um, and I went there for, for to do my field work uh, and I stayed there nine months. And my experience was like, like I, my, my first aim was to write a monography about this mm. place because it, if it works well, let's... Um, 
let, let's explain why and how how mm. how it how it how it is to to live in such a place um but the final result of the research was that uh was like actually um the answer for the question why it doesn't work because uh because it didn't um and there i realized uh the value and the the imp the huge importance of direct uh, of the direct democracy and um on not depending on one leader like collective knowledge building um and so on and the municipalist movement about which i will talk in the conference uh was like something um to give some hope uh, to a young political activist uh, because it was based on this um, radical idea of self-governance in the cities. And, mm. and and this is how I got engaged. So yeah. it was also through, the, through my research. Yeah. Uh, and now mm, I, I'm an activist with Barcelona and Kumu for four years and I could... Uh, observe also how uh, how it works and how other uh, municipalist uh, movements uh, work and I really believe that all this dialectical relation between the critic the critic also scientific critic and anthropological critic and the movement is 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 really needed I mean mm. this uh, this must be, ongoing process all the time all the time criticizing yeah. looking for solutions and and there is no other way to to get to have the things um, done in a democratic way yeah and to still keep having the, the the hope because people need need that and and we need that mm -hmm. um so that's why i i i i, I believe uh, then the research is so important in uh, in social movements. Yeah, Angelina, how I'm curious because you've mentioned self governance and you know maybe something that you will go much more in depth at the conference. But can you give me a little uh, taster of, of 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 the main principles of of this self governance and to, of of how does self governance works as mechanism? I'm, I'm particularly interested in how how does it work at scale. Mm -hmm. um, of the municipalist movement, you mean? Yeah. Like, like of course, uh, first of all, it's like an ideal type, <laughs> the uh, quite old anarchist idea of uh, self-governance through different mechanisms of direct democracy, like assemblies. And in practice, um, how it works, for example, in Barcelona. Uh, so the... Um, the political party, which is the citizen platform, uh, Barcelona and Comú is uh, divided into different technical commissions and assemblies, territorial assemblies, uh, where people discuss things, propose them, and um, like the executive board uh, is controlled by by mm, by the assemblies. Mm. Uh, and there is also like the general, how to say that, uh, gen general coordinatory board, let's say, um, or the council. 
um, and there the representatives of all the assemblies meet. Uh, I'm this is uh, just a grasp of the way how how, how it uh, how it works. Um, of course, this is what can be done uh, in a big metropolitan city like Barcelona, because there are, of course, uh, mechanisms um, which you can't change from one day to another. Um, but in different places, um, identified with the municipalist movement, it can work in in a bit different way. For example, in um, Ciudad Futura in Argentina, um, in Rosario City, they have they don't have such a power like in Barcelona because they are not in the in the government. Um, but they have like a strong movement related to more um, materialistic things. Uh, also, like the um, the movement is connected with the cooperatives. Uh, the cooperatives financially support the political movement, and uh, they have schools of like new schools of thought. Uh, so it's. Uh, it's another way of organizing, uh, and um, in Rojava, for for example, uh, you have the idea of democratic confederalism. Uh, so you you asked how it works on scale, but it's not about scaling it up. It's about uh, creating um, like um, how to say that uh, like a ladder of. Uh, mm. Decision making bodies, but to keep it uh, as much democratic as it, it's possible. Uh, so, from the level of uh, district uh, to more broader level, but of course, uh, this is the ideal uh, type. But in practice, sometimes uh, you cannot give uh, the mm, the decision only to the assembly because there are another institutional restrictions and another broader context and not all the people in the city are municipalists and so and so on and so on so um this is the way how people try to put it in practice mm -hmm. and i think that the the closer to the ideal is the democratic confederalism in rojava yeah I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear much more about these beautiful examples in the actual conference, right? So yes, uh, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't want to um, to kind of uh, uh, ask you everything about what you will share at the conference, just to kind of give an idea to our listeners of, of what the direction that you will be going into and, and some of some of your thoughts uh, around it. Um, I wonder, Angelina, now that we're kind of like reaching towards towards the end of this little capsule, um, what why do you think it's for yourself valuable for somebody to attend a conference and and particularly this conference? Where where do you see the value sits in this theme of mobilizing the planet? Um, I think that this is a very beautiful moment where many young scholars, and not only young and, and <laughs> <laughs> scholars, uh, can gather together, inspire themselves, um, and do the networking. This is also the way of doing 
like this is an important part of uh, the research activities and um, uh, activist activism. Uh, so this is uh, um, for me. Actually, it will be the first time when I will uh, see so many engaged anthropologists uh, who are concerned with the ecological crisis and all the other important crises we live through. Um, because normally it it um, it's separated like the mm. the activist part like me in in my research in my own research uh, they convert but um, when it comes to um, groups of people uh, there are two separate spheres uh, of life for me and yeah this this will be the first time I will see so many anthropologists who who are on the same page <laughs> ideologically. And um, and I think it's it's really important for people who who want to do this kind of research. And um, I don't know, like uh, a lot of new initiatives also can uh, appear through all that conversations. Like uh, mm. I don't know, let's set up a, a new. Um, anthropological journal because for example in anthropology we don't have so many uh, journals for engaged anthropology i mean for the applied anthropology uh maybe you have some journals but it's not the same i also yeah. like I, I i really like the focus also of, of that conference because the applied anthropology often uh, is uh, related to i don't know user experience research or the business anthropology, or working for the governments uh, with some specific task. Um, and here you will see also how to do the engaged anthropology that can be useful, but um, it, the, the way it's applied, it's not so like direct and uh, it is applied, but it's not like it's, it's more maybe it can it has the possibility it has the possibility to be more open like to for example during the research also to change uh, many times the focus of your topic to do it in a collaborative way and so on because you don't you don't have the mm, the restrictions of the funder from the beginning um, so I think this is also very interesting and important to promote. Uh, this other part of applied anthropology. Um, no, I think then, Angelina, this is it. Unless you have some other last thoughts that you would like to offer our listeners and those that are considering to attend the conference? Well, I, I would say that I know that it's, uh, especially to the people who could join us online, uh, because maybe that's the la I hope that's the last uh, time when they can join us online. Because the next year, I I I hope it will be done presentially. So this is a good opportunity to uh, to to join the conference without uh, taking a flight. Uh, and um, and I, I I understand that it's already uh, super difficult to. Mm. Uh, be attending online uh, conferences and uh, we are overload all of us but I think it's really nice opportunity to uh, for this pandemic time uh, to 
I don't know, refresh a bit and, and meet with people and uh, have some new energy for new topics of the research and, and activism. Um, so yeah, that's all I think. Great. Now it was a, it was a pleasure meeting you, Angelina, and um, I hope to see you at the conference. It was a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you very much. And I'm waiting for, um, yeah, I want, I want, I'm waiting for meeting you in the conference. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. Follow us on our social media channels and look at the show notes for links to our speakers' work. Join us next time for more interesting conversations.